Going on within the gay community is something that most men dread, and including women. So when you sometimes reach the age of 35, say, people think you're automatically just over the hill. You're just way too old. And the reality is life hasn't even truly started for you, but it doesn't take away perception. So I want to kind of journey into those who actually are older, wiser, better income, (laughs) and uh, going down a different path in life while they are older in life, in the gay community in particular. So I have three friends that I wanted to be a part of this podcast, about one by the name of Steve. Then we also have Paul and Carlton, who actually wanted to just express how they feel, talk about it, and let people understand the process. It may be good for some and may not necessarily be good for others, but nonetheless, their experiences are being shared. I thank all of those who actually be a part of this podcast, and stay tuned for the Brothers Speak Podcast. Okay, hello everybody. This is Chris for Brothers Beat Podcast, where we talk about black LGBT issues and topics. And today I have a guest by the name of Steve. You pretty much do things within the community, is that correct? I would say I'm a community activist, yes. Okay. Activist. <laughs> but, you know, today's topic, I wanted to address um, a topic that a lot of people don't seem to quite address within the black community, and that's the... Uh, growing wiser, uh, growing more senior within the black community, um, and just basically seeing how that process is for a lot of people and how how does it really register for a lot of people in terms of the way things are changing, uh, the interaction within the gay community, um, how people view uh, those who are senior. Um, You know, one of the first questions that I want to ask, first off, who you are. You are Steve, and you have, how long have you been in this community? I've been here in South Florida just a little over two years, about two and a half years. When it comes to, again, growing older, you know, when, mm-hmm. and I, you know, forgive me because sometimes even just talking about growing older, I kind of get nervous in terms of, well, am I insulting anyone or you know, I don't want to necessarily do that. So, no, uh, I'm pretty secure with my age. I've got a few gray hairs and I tell people that I've earned them so I don't have any trepidation about talking about aging because the alternative is dying young and I think I can live old and die still old and beautiful. Okay, oh, see, now that, I, I love to hear it, so I'm glad you said that, I'm glad you said that. So, in terms of your time that you've seen, that you've been growing older mm-hmm. within the gay black community, uh, number one, what are some things that you feel have are good, have basically progressed within the community, and what things do you feel currently are not so good, that you kind of feel like, you know what, we're kind of missing something? So, this is sort of the best of times and the worst of times all at the same time. You know, it's good because we've got gay marriage. It's easier for young black gay people to come out, certainly than it was when I first came out. So there's a lot more acceptance in the community right. for the LGBT lifestyle. Okay, okay. Um, on the other hand, though, it's difficult because we don't have the... the the ability to meet face-to-face. We use so much of media. People, people don't meet face-to-face. I came from a generation where people met when they went to the clubs and right, bars right. and house parties. Right. And now everybody's meeting online. Right. <laughs> so it's, it, it, it's become very impersonal all yeah. the time. So people, I don't think, have the same opportunity to develop the deep and lasting bonds and friendships. 
I came from a generation where we had older gay people who, who were like mentors to us. Yes, and yes. I, I see myself as the age of who, someone who could be a mentor, but the young people, they're not interested in mentoring. You think so? You don't think they really, really cares about that? No, I think if I hang out with a young person, people look at me and think I'm a lich. Uh, <laughs> and, and they think that the older man is looking for, you know, uh, something from the younger man. A little and, bit more. Yeah. And more often, it's the opposite. I think the young boys are looking for something from the older man. Ooh, wait a minute now. Okay, so are you looking for what in particular? More financial benefits? Some yeah, more? there you go. They're looking for a man who, as they say, who is generous. I hate that, that word. That is the word, but you know, I, I will go with you. Are you generous? Gotcha, gotcha. Like, no, I didn't I didn't ask you for a date. Yes, yes. You know, and, and I actually get approached by young kids. I don't approach them. Uh, well, and it's always is it always in that, that way, generous, you know, looking for someone? No, generous sometimes it's just... It's a mixed bag. Sometimes they're not interested at all, and that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah. fine. If you know, if I'm not your flavor, that's okay. I'm an acquired taste. <laughs> and you know what? You know, the the progression, the interaction, the interaction since we we touched on that. Do you feel as though that pretty much the the interaction is like I mean, like you mentioned it before? It's just more about generous or being taken care of, and not really genuine. At, at the times, or are you are you still able to develop those genuine relationships with those who are younger? There are always exceptions to the rule. You know, I hate to just use these generalizations and, right. and paint everybody with one with one brush. Yes, yes. Because we we really are a very diverse community, and young and old alike, we we have just such a wide spectrum of personalities and types. That's part of the beauty of the community. Right. Is that right. we are not all the same and we're not all in the same place. And we're certainly not all looking for the same thing. Now, but when you go to social media, do you find yourself maybe giving it a try? Do you find yourself kind of seeing exactly how things in terms of social media, how maybe you can kind of use it towards your benefit? I play it on social media. I'm not going to be naive and say I'm not posted a profile because I have. Yes, yes. Uh, but I find it really impersonal. People are looking for instant gratification. True. They're looking for hookups. They're not looking for friends and relationships. True. That's true. You know, That's so true. I find it a little impersonal. And so and people spend a lot of time and they're not really interested in getting to know you. All right, thank you so much. And I'm actually joined by one of the Brother Speak members, Carlton, who was actually uh, giving his opinion. I, we already got Brother Steve to tell us his opinion. Uh, in terms of growing older within the gay black community, I want to kind of get your opinion in terms of what you, what you have experienced, and what's your belief, and what has been the the what basically what how is everything going for you in terms of growing a little bit more wiser, older uh, within the black gay community. One thing I notice as I've uh, gotten older or have grown older uh, is that uh, obviously things have changed quite a bit. Uh, the people no longer have to hide as they once did. An example being is that the bars are in the forefront now. They're no longer in back alleys or in warehouse districts and uh, <clears throat> things of that sort or a door with just a name on it or, or a number in which you know where to, what it is or where to go. And uh, I was even surprised when they don't uh, 
they're so on the main streets and the windows aren't even blocked out now. Uh, <laughs> that, that in itself, <laughs> you know, right at a bus stop. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the windows aren't blocked out or anything. Everybody know what it is. And uh, that was amazing for me when I saw that. Um, the only thing I can say about growing older is that it took out a lot of seek out, search, hunt, trap uh, people. And I'm basically more comfortable with myself. Okay. Um, okay. Wait, what do you mean by take out the seek and trap? What do you mean by that? Uh, doing all the things that I thought was necessary to have a relationship. Oh. Such as, such as, um, everyone claims that you have to be uh, super thin or, or, or medium built or, or something of that sort. And I've been through it all. Yeah. I've been through bodybuilding. You know, I've been, this is the heaviest I've ever been in my life. But yet I've been, as an adult, 155 pounds and people thought I had AIDS. Oh, wow. And yeah. um, uh, what I discovered is that out of all the things you think that people would like you or want you more, the bottom line is that either they like you or they don't. It doesn't matter how tall, short, how big, how fat, how muscular, how whatever. It doesn't matter anymore. And that either they like you or they don't, period. And that's one thing I did discover. And that's why I'm comfortable now. Do you think that online has affected uh, a lot of those who have become a little more older or you basically have embraced it? Um there's a few people that I know who have embraced this new technology of being online and, and connecting online. Personally, it's not for me. I'm very old-fashioned when it comes to that. Um, I moved to South Florida because technology took its advancement towards me when I lived in Seattle, which caused me to move here. Um, I did not like what the end result is. And I could sit and talk till I'm blue in the face, but most people cannot and will not identify with it because they haven't experienced it right. of what it can do and ultimately will do. Um, you know, in Seattle, most people that disconnect don't know how to reconnect and so they end up killing themselves. Wow. And I see, I've seen it so often. Wait a minute, so you're, you're, you do have new people or new friends that pretty people much have killed themselves, yeah. They don't know how to reconnect. They have disconnected. Wow. They have their phone and their computer, and they have their um, Netflix, yeah. and they have their bottle of wine, and they and then the dogs come in because that becomes their family. Gotcha. And um, they're so disconnected from people that there's nothing else for them. They're they're extremely lonely and dying from loneliness, and don't know how to reconnect with people. Is that something that you personally feel that I feel that that's part of? The issues that I've, I'm trying to adapt to live with now. Okay. Um, uh, like I said, a lot of the people I know have died, and then it's hard to connect with people now. The younger ones, you know, I may, may view me as an old fogey. Yeah. And I understand that. But I just don't want to be alone okay. forever. 
And I'm not talking about necessarily alone relationship. Okay. Right. I'm talking about even in friendships, which are which are very difficult. You find friendship making friendship very, very, very difficult because today I've discovered there's no reciprocity. They have no need to. They have their phone. Their phone takes it all to the point there is no reciprocity. Really? That's right. There really isn't. You know, I have not experienced that at all. Wow, that's the, that's the first time I've actually. And I've had this. I've had people over here several times. I extend the olive branch. I've taken them out. I asked them to join me. I found out that I'm taking all the initiative to do so, but it's never reciprocated. I find that I'm, I'm willing to do this and to do that, and willing, and they never call, never come by. It's always me initiating. Never Carlton. Well, that's not in my. Um, I can't afford to do this and can't never I'll take you out for a cup of coffee and a donut or I'll meet you at the bar and have a drink with you I'll do never something as small as that so never really seeking true friendship never really Mm -hmm. not here not in Florida not in Florida that's why I left Seattle the same as in Seattle it's hard there is a whole um, entourage of of former Seattleites that live right here in Fort Lauderdale. And they left Seattle for the same reason. Wow. Because the technology and the disconnect Mm -hmm. was more than they can handle, and so they left. Same reason. All right. So now we're sitting with our guest by the name of Paul. And now Paul we also know through Brother Speak. Now, one of the best things that I like about the fact that, you know, there's I like giving different perspectives. And being the fact that, you are involved in a relationship for us over 30 years, is that correct? Yes, uh, my, heart, my husband and I are celebrating our th- uh, 39th year. 39 years, okay. So the process of growing older, growing wiser within the community, that process as a couple, how has that been? For me, I think that has made it so much richer, so much, uh, because you had someone there to share all of your experiences with yes like any marriage any relationship it's uh, uh, it's going to have its ups and downs but we both made a strong commitment up front that we were going to do everything we could to make this work okay, okay. and because i think we were you know let's we started off very much in love with each other but we also discovered that uh, love alone <laughs> does not you know, make a relationship work. Right, right. There had to be a lot of give and take, a lot of uh, negotiating and compromising, and uh, and actually just uh, allowing one another to be who we were. Okay. Uh, and we were both pretty good about that. I think we came into it with some degree of maturity. Uh, being a father, I had learned to love something or someone uh, more than myself, so I was uh, more prone to be uh, willing to, to to give and to you know to do the give and take. That right. Yeah, it's kind of funny because um, when it came down to relationships, also some uh, friends, um, especially my generation, it's almost like we grew up 
just loving it. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it, I mean, for us, it came around, I'll say for me, I had the green screen around mm-hmm. uh, second grade, or right. maybe first grade. You had that computer class, and you thought that was the bomb. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, the the ones after us, the millennials, and they kind of grew up with a cell phone in their hand when they're born. Mm-hmm. So as far as running circles around you, mm-hmm. it's even different for us sometimes, but yeah. still one of those good things. Yeah. But mm-hmm. what I found is that sometimes that the the process of even engaging and finding other friends, finding other relationships, mm-hmm. um, because of the fact that it's now the tool to go to. Mm-hmm. Previously, some say that you were just simply able to go to a club, mm-hmm. you were able to engage a conversation, mm-hmm. make that eye contact, mm-hmm. and that was how you found mm-hmm. your person or maybe just your whim for the night, you know? Yeah. So, to where now social media's kind of taken that and some find it difficult mm-hmm. to make friends. Some find it difficult to engage. Is that something that you have, now of course you're in a relationship, mm-hmm. but that's something that you have seen amongst some of your friends that is a little bit difficult for them mm-hmm. to still meet people, make those friends, or mm-hmm. even make this engagement for the night mm-hmm. online, or they just basically just stick to their, own, their ways of doing things, and there's something they refuse to accept. Well, most of my friends, uh, the ones that are not in relationships, really, really struggle with the idea of, they often find themselves uh, uh, resorting to it uh, because the bars uh, at this point aren't necessarily when it comes to older guys out there the bars aren't I would say a primary way of meeting people they should be because I go to bars now and I, it's strictly for social connection but I go there with my friends and I the place is filled with guys <laughs> looking to interact yes yes it, it may not necessarily be for sex but they are wanting connection they are wanting some kind of, of of engagement with other people, so they're there. Yeah. But out of what it is, there's something, and I, I have no definition for it. But there's something that does not allow them to look each other in the eye and connect. It it it, it could be that fear of rejection, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but. Uh, so they will resort oftentimes when the bars are closed to either a bathhouse or to, and they don't feel good about that way of doing it. Uh, it's not that they're judging it as wrong. It's just that, my God, do I have to do this in order to, <laughs> yeah. to get affection? Right. Uh, but, the, but they are using it. They are struggling with it. There are, there are sites like Silver, Silver Daddies that, and there are others uh, that uh, I think others use... Uh, uh, match.com and others you know the mail sites yes. where the older men are but they really don't find that all that fulfilling okay. Okay. and they really aren't it's not really effective in meeting the person that they really want to choose to settle down with I think for the most part word of mouth meeting in let's say dinner parties house parties uh, organizations where there is some common theme going on is probably one of the best places. I know a lot of my friends have met at the Pride Center receptions here. Nice. Okay. Nice. They've gone to any number of them. Okay. Okay. And they've seen the same people. Yeah. Over and over again, to the point where they're saying hello, and, you know, and as 
people who are attracted to one another engage one another, yeah. they start off with something that they hold very much in common, and that is the pride center. It's a central focus for them. Yes. And they realize that people who do this, who come to these, oftentimes have very similar value systems. Right, right. Etc. So using organizations, especially where you find uh, where we have a very strong interest, uh, and meeting people who have very similar interests is a starting off point. And I think they are places that I often recommend. So now, just for, for our audience's uh, mm-hmm. sake, the Pride Center is a community center. Yeah. Uh, mostly for those who are of the LGBT community, is that correct? Yeah. So, uh, so you know what, I, I never really thought about that. Mm-hmm. Since where more engagements can be done mm-hmm. at community centers. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and to me, that makes total sense. You know, so mm-hmm. I can understand that. Yeah. I can and the one here in Fort Lauderdale, uh, the Pride Center here, is uh, 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 one of the larger ones in the country. And it is the focal point for the LGBT community. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and more and more, uh, we, the older guys, are becoming more and more involved and using it as a as a uh, social center. Nice. Yeah. Nice. You know that. You know, if anything, it kind of gives a different perspective in terms of well, maybe the the older that mm-hmm. I become, my outlets mm-hmm. either have to do one of things: switch mm-hmm. or embrace mm-hmm. or both. Yeah. And we, I saw when I spoke to Steve. Steve mm-hmm. definitely seems to where he's embraced. He's just accepted the process and just simply mm-hmm. go with and flow with it all. And it seems that maybe you are in the same boat. Would you say mm-hmm. you just simply just flowing mm-hmm. with it, or mm-hmm. you know, just some things you maybe not necessarily much, but overall you're just simply flowing with the times. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I've learned to do that. I didn't always do that, but I've learned to do it. Because ultimately, you know, there are things that won't change. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm going to continue to age. You know, Uh, I am retired, so I won't be off looking for a job. So part of what I have to do is make peace with what is. Now, within the black gay community, Mm -hmm. um, in terms of, because from what I was told, there used to be a time where there was a really strong really strong um, active acts of gay members really fighting in politics and doing things within the community um, that's at that certain time you know that was kind of years ago I would say more 60s around that time or 50s maybe um, what do you see now do you see the community really being active and pushing the you know as far as pushing the agenda in terms of whatever it is it could be HIV it could be just fighting for equal employment whatever the case is do you see that or do you see that many people kind of pretty much just taking the benefits off of what was done previously before and not really done anything well I have a different perspective because I'm very active in the community I see a very active political community we have large LGBT organizations full of black people who are doing policy work, uh, not only gay men, but gay women as well, um, working with straight women. All of these are black people doing work to advance the causes and the issues that affect the black community, uh, particularly with this new political climate oh, we're living God, in. Yeah. That's even more important because we don't have a friendly administration right no, now. No, we don't. No, we do so, not. But we have to realize 
that we've dealt with hostile environments before. This isn't not the first time black people have had to deal with hostility well, coming yeah. from the institution of government. That is so true. We, we're kind of experienced at this. So maybe we've been lulled into a false sense of security with the Obama administration. Yeah. Um, but I think we are going to mobilize very quickly, and I think we're going to rebound, and we're going to survive this administration too, and we're going to thrive in spite of it. Really? I mean, yeah. I, you know, you know. I guess I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, okay, have I've never come across this before in my in my, in my time? I'm thinking to myself, okay, wait a minute. We've I've come. I'm 40 years old, so mm-hmm. I've come across who? I've come across Bush, Senior, Reagan, Clinton, Obama. Um, I'm trying to think who else, because <laughs> you know? well, I've only, you know, if anything else, I don't really re- quite remember, you know. So, well, those are probably all the presidents in your life. Yeah, that's it. That's all. So, at least politically aware, right? And and I'm thinking to myself, I've never really encountered a lot that a lot of people. Because I'm thinking to myself, about this time, you got to have thick skin, you know. If you are a little bit more senior in the terms. Thick skin, you know, you already been there, done that, so you know exactly what to expect. To where a lot of people in my generation really don't. <laughs> so we're still kind of like, um, we're not sure, we're a little bit pessimistic about what's about to occur. We don't know. We really don't know. But nobody knows. There's no crystal ball. No. But we know this. It's not going to be friendly. No. No, <laughs> that's true. If you look at true. the folks who are going into the cabinet, we've got people who are going into one cabinet position after the other, who are not qualified, have no idea what they're doing. Yeah, yes. In fact, they don't even support the institutions in the, that they are charged to take care of. Exactly. How can you have someone in charge of education who doesn't really believe in public education? Oh, How God. can you have someone in charge of the environment who doesn't believe in climate control? Right. And you can go position by position and, and talk about how this person is really unqualified right. for their cabinet post. You know, um, that's one of the biggest things. I'm thinking to myself, okay, about sometime soon is going to touch even the healthcare industry. And sometime soon, I'm going to hear some type of news to where something is just going to completely erupt, especially with the LGBT. The first thing that kind of got me was how they completely erased the page, I believe, one of the... uh, uh, you know, petition pages, what, not the petition well, the, pages. This um, administration went through most of the websites that were coming out of the White House, and instantly in the first week, the first days of the administration, yes. they just deleted all the content. So that doesn't mean that they're they're gone. Right. It just means that they want to update the, the content. I think what they really <laughs> want to do is take Obama's name off of as much stuff as they can. It's like to erase the legacy of a black man. And, of course, we're never going to allow that to happen. We're going to make sure that he goes down in history as one of the greatest presidents ever. So we're going to protect our history. We're going to protect our legacy because that's our future, too. Uh, you know, I agree with that. I agree. I, you know, I think a lot of people are going to keep his name because, well, guess what? He still is the, the first black president. So we're not going to let that go. Sorry. And you cannot erase his record of accomplishments as hard as you try. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. In order to, as far as the act, active members within, to kind of get things more of a of a civil or political or just being a plain old mm-hmm. activist, mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on that? Because it also kind of sounds like we kind of died a little bit in that area a little bit. Um, that's a good question. Frankly, I don't know how to get um, the younger blacks involved because I'm somewhat removed from them okay. myself. And, and even I would like to uh, 
know exactly what to do and the difference. Um, it bothered me to hear some black gays who voted for President Trump. I believe that was very disturbing. I believe about twenty five percent of black males uh-huh. voted for him, and um, you know, and, and to me, I just look at history repeating itself when it comes uh-huh. to that. Uh, many times, we have, this is not the first time we actually seen uh-huh. any particular president that we vote that we know for a fact that's against our own interest, right. but because they may say that one particular rhetoric, um, jobs, or, I know. or whatever the case is, and it pulls people in. And then you, you know, you kind of put them and pin people against one another. In this case, they're pinning against Mexicans. Uh, you, you, you get this people just jumping on board, despite the fact that you really have not seen everything else this person or the plans or what well, doesn't matter. I, and I definitely have seen that. So, mm-hmm. as far as within the black gay community, mm-hmm. even that to even mm-hmm. stand up against that, have we seen enough? I have. Whether the white community or black community, in the in the black community, you mean that being positive? It won't necessarily the, being the opposition, being against this particular rhetoric, and kind of going out there warning people, and you know what you've well, seen. I think they pre- should. I mean, but a lot of it, keep in mind, has to be experiential. Okay. And like I said earlier, uh, that you have to live a certain length of time to have the experience to come to some conclusion. Right. And in your twenties, as you would say, you really don't have that. Right, 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 right. You just go what you feel at that Exactly, gotcha. exactly. Gotcha. Um, there are some experiences uh, some of my friends had younger that I've never experienced in my life, like being carted in bars and, and being turned away and things of that sort. I've never experienced that personally. Gotcha. I've experienced it um, in Orlando, Florida, in a restaurant where they wouldn't come out the kitchen to serve us. Wow. And... Uh, we sat there and we were the only people in the restaurant to the point we had to get up and leave because wow. we were not going to be served. So the amount of black-owned LGBT businesses uh-huh. are not as much, would you say? Are they declined? Have you seen? Or I think it's declined quite a bit. It's like when AIDS came out and, and really came out full blast, it's like these, these um, businesses all went underground or they ceased to exist. And so, from that point on, you was you had nothing left but to go to white establishments. Oh, wow. Now, this has been totally my experience. Right. Other people right. may have have seen it differently, or right. viewed it differently for themselves. But in my experience, they all just went underground because, uh, and they went into house parties more and things of that sort. But there really wasn't no uh, uh, black gay establishment to go to anymore. Even today. They're appeased by having black nights on Thursdays. Right. That's right. the appeasement. <laughs> right. Well, I, I, I listen, I cannot be you know, the fact that I promote a black night. You know, I cannot. I know, you know what I'm saying. I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> that, I mean, that, 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 definitely. But even then, I guess. Uh, and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm sort of insulted by that. And I've even brought that up. <laughs> well, you, you know, the thing I brought about that is, up and no one said, well, well, they do that all across the country. And that's what it is. And this and that. But, and I'm like, no, 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 that is not the way it's <laughs> So really, we should own the establishment and then do whatever. Exactly. Gotcha. I see what's more entrepreneurship. Exactly. Is I mean, what you're asking. It's like, uh, um, we'll tolerate, you know, it's like, and, and, and going besides being black and gay, it goes back to, you know, I can accept you individually. Mm-hmm. Collectively is another story. Ooh, and wow. if we want to deal with you collectively, let's do it Thursday night. 
So basically right now what you're saying is that one, there's, let me just put it all in order. One, there's not enough black entrepreneurship. Right. Especially black gay entrepreneurship. Right. To give the outlets that we need. Right. Well, I hope you enjoyed the first of our mini podcast sessions talking about growing more senior and also wiser within the black gay community. This is Chris Brothers B Podcast. Stay tuned for the next two that we have coming up and enjoy your day. Have a good one.